How do you contain that brand identity in the whole new environments that you're tapping into? I want to live the next 200 years because I really want to see what will happen in technology and in the future. You're actually developing strategies of how people will interact with the brand BMW in the next 15 years. Metaverse is the new internet. It's uh, just the next step. It's just the beginning of many, many disruptive things to happen. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce Germany News Podcast. I'm your host, Effe Fontainen. Today I'm delighted to introduce to you Pia Scherner. Pia is Head of Digital Content Creation and BMW Metaverse. Today we will take a deeper dive into Pia's inspiring leadership story and how she's evolved and transformed as a leader within the last 15 years at BMW. And we will also talk about BMW's iconic brand and how it's tapping into the customer journeys of today and how it's evolving its brand for the next 15 years, including metaverse and many other immersive experiences. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Hi, Pia, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me today. So pretty happy to be here in Berlin and uh, talking to about some yeah new topics maybe. Yeah, very nice to have you here as part of our uh, podcast. And actually, as a as a BMW user, I've been really excited about this episode in preparation. Yeah, today we will tackle quite a few areas. I know that you're really um, active in the whole metaverse topic. But before we get into the nitty-gritties of uh, Metaverse and what BMW is doing in the new world, um, let's get to know you a little bit. Like, tell us a little bit about your career journey. Yeah, sure. I've started my career at BMW in 27. And um, yeah, I've started in um, motorsports communication. So I did the way back for BMW into the DTM and did all the communication around CI, stuff like that. And I had a big passion in motorsports, I still have, but I also had a passion or still have passion into um, yeah, innovative topics. So yeah. that's why I've invented sim racing for motorsports some years ago to really to tackle the digital side mm -hmm. of motorsports, to reach broader target groups and to go new ways. Um, with the very DNA topic of BMW and um, with our success in sim racing we decided maybe to do a bit more in the digital world so we stepped into esports and um, partnered some important esports teams all over the world got feet wet in um, this area and learned a lot about that and this brought us into the topic of metaverse because metaverse is born in gaming and all these new virtual and immersive experiences, which I think are pretty much important for a brand like BMW. And uh, yeah, this is my way at BMW and um, I still want to do a lot with BMW and that's why we're here today yeah. and uh, see. And you've been with BMW for about 15 years? 15 years. I started in 27. It's almost 16 years right yeah now and um, yeah. So you're um, leading, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the teams that you work with and how big uh, is the team that you lead? 
I had several, several sizes of teams. So yeah. um, I started my leading positions like in 10 years before with that motorsports topic. And um, yeah, I has very diverse teams always. Um, and um, I'm a passionate leader. I like working on eye level. I like, um, yeah, understand what people need from me, yeah. being the backbone for the team. And um, my team right now is not that big because it's a pretty new topic. Yeah. So we are around like eight or nine people working on um, digital content, new content, um, trying to embrace um, yeah, the, the, um, the experience people expect from us and um, a slightly smaller team for the metaverse and VR topic. We have like around five people and um, yeah, it's great to learn from them going together away um, into new spaces and that's the way I'm working with the team and with BMW. Yeah, that sounds exciting, especially uh, considering within these 15 years, I'm sure you had some very important milestones where you, like, um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Like, okay, in the last 15 years, th these were the decisive moments where I said, okay, uh, this is definitely something I want to do. This is my passion, you know. <laughs> I would say um, one of my greatest moments was definitely in motorsports when we got back into DTM um, and we really won everything in the very first year. It was like everybody was crying. It was that moment at the Hockenheim Ring, at the famous Hockenheim Ring in Germany, and we had that family feeling. And this is something what I still embrace at BMW, having that family feeling. Yeah. Always when I'm with a team, leading a team, I need the feeling of being a family. So we are working all together and everybody is doing whatever is needed to bring a project to life, to, to yeah. gain success. And um, this is what I've learned all the way when I was with BMW. And this is also why I like working on very innovative new topics, because it's always a hard way to go, yeah. because it's not that usual for a traditional sales company to yeah. unknown things. And um, if you want to gain success, you need to work as a family, as a yeah. team on eye level. And um, I would say um, the next success I had afterwards, uh, or a very high feeling, was uh, visiting an esports event. Um, I visited um, the IAM in Cologne and the Cathedral of Counter Strike. What was like, <laughs> wow! Because I'm not a gamer, to be honest. Uh, this maybe maybe a bit fun, but um, I really understand why people like gaming and why it's important to be part of it as a brand yeah. because it's a a huge environment where a lot of is happening, a lot of people are rounded. And finally, the Fortnite launch we had last week or two weeks ago um, during the Unreal Fest, this was also so great for me because we did a big step for BMW, very unexpected, and we are feeling quite still as a family and want to go the next step together. And um, yeah, this is my kind of approach and what I really like working with BMW and in a team. That sounds very unusual also in a way because like big corporations you know you ha always have the feeling like uh, last year we've seen massive um, waves of like just resignations or like just saying goodbye to many many teams that like big tech uh, has gone through a big disruption in mm -hmm. a way and and so to see that you take you're taking a much different path like you, you see the teams as family and like that's very unusual if you ask me I, I work I personally work for a smaller company so we have that anyway but like for bigger corporations it's it's to me it's a bit unusual 
Mm. Yeah, and I, I can imagine that it's um, it's also it has a certain impact on your productivity and like mm. the results that you see also. You know, you, you need to believe in something if you want to gain success. If you don't believe in it and if you're not working as a team, yeah. you won't bring it to life. So that's the way we are doing it. And even if times are hard, you need a lot of, how do you call it, resilience yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, to get things done. And it's also okay if it won't work, then go yeah. the next step. So um, I think, um, yeah, this is the recommendation I can, and I can always give in hard times as well as in good times. Yeah. Just believe in what you do and go your way and bring it to life yeah. and uh, yeah. As someone at the top of the ranks uh, at, at one of the biggest automobile manufacturers in the world, uh, you, you also are working with an iconic brand, mm -hmm. especially in Germany, like BMW users are like, they have their own fan clubs, they have their own, uh, you know, it's, it's a whole ecosystem in itself, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I've never been one that is very into cars, but like I, I can observe it just being an ordinary citizen, you know. That, <laughs> and, that, and how, I think especially the keyword, you, you said you're burning for, uh, you know, innovation. You're very much into innovation, but then it also comes with a, a little bit of risk, you know, that how do you contain that brand identity in the whole new environments that you're tapping into? You know what I mean? I know totally what you mean and it always puts a little pressure on my shoulders, to be <laughs> honest, because yeah, I need to meet that requirement um, and this is something what we also always need um, to take into consideration when we do some kind of innovative project, but I think that's why we are iconic, because yeah. we are doing new ways of communication, new yeah. ways of yeah. product, new approaches. So this is uh, what it makes like perfect, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But you're right. In everything we do, we always try to be perfect. We always try to be premium. So this is, um, yeah, the little pressure I have and what we always need to meet, what we can meet, if yeah. possible. I mean, um, also, you and I had a phone call recently where we were talking about, okay, what should we cover in the podcast? And um, there I was thinking, you know, it, it was really nice to hear that you're actually developing strategies of how people will interact with the brand BMW in the next 15 years. And for most of us, you know, uh, normal mortals, mere mortals, we are thinking of like the next few years, but you, you as a big corporation, of course, have the means to think of the next 15 years. And um, I'd love to know more about that, first of all. But I myself have, have actually gone through the normal journey of getting a BMW <laughs> car recently. And it was already very impressive, I have to say, because um, um, being, a, being a user that is like, I'd like to get knowledge. So I did some comparison to uh, some competitors and everything. I was into, I was looking for an electronic uh, car, you know, like, um, okay. because like, <laughs> at least I thought it's a bit maybe more, uh, arguably it could be a bit more sustainable. Living in Germany, you know, uh, you look at quality and you have this obsession with quality premium things, right? So at some point I made the switch to BMW because I thought, okay, like quality is also important. And then now I'm actually impressed with uh, all the software elements and, uh, you know, throughout the journey, BMW managed to win my trust. And so this is the journey that I've been through today, right? Mm -hmm getting BMW advertisement all the time. <laughs> uh, really? but I, I, I enjoy it too. You know? 
but how how is it like just my experience how is it gonna switch in the future i mean maybe you can tell us about your experience and what you're working on yeah uh, quite funny to hear that you did that experience because um we have to learn what um, customers expect from us right yeah. now and uh, tomorrow. This is very important and we really need to find the sweet spot between premium electrification and technology yeah. because this is what we need to deliver in future. And yeah, um, the customer journey right now is pretty much based on a physical conversation in the dealership. You can find your information on the website, wherever you want, in social, in different um, digital um, opportunities, applications, devices. And then you go to the dealership, do your um, a talk to the product genius, um, watch the cars, maybe do a test drive, go back, um, get more information um, via internet or wherever you want and go back to the dealership and then you do this whole process. Configuration, order, contract, you know what yeah. I mean. It might be nice, hopefully, because it's still BMW, but this is, might not be the way the future customer will buy a car. So this is why we are also already thinking about how it will be in future, because yeah. when we look into um, the upcoming audiences, upcoming target groups, we yeah. call them Gen Z, Gen Alpha, they are very passionate in gaming, they are very passionate in virtual worlds. So they are not that kind of people going maybe into a dealership talking yeah. to a classic person. So we're just thinking about maybe a customer journey in future could start in the virtual experience in the so-called metaverse where you can go into with your avatar, just experience the brand, experience the product. And if you have interest in the product, you can maybe meet a virtual person, talk to that person, learn more about the car. And even if you want to do a test drive, you can do like a virtual ride. And then you can for sure go to the dealership and really try your car yourself. But then think about maybe only having a virtual good. So use it in your virtual environment. So you can even have a physical car as well as a virtual one. So we need to cover that gap in future for people who are more interested in virtual world instead of physical or the combination it is, maybe. Yeah. Do you think uh, in the future we're just sitting in our living rooms with these like Oculus or the, the meta, <laughs> like with these um, gadgets and just driving a car and like we're, we're just at home basically or the, how, how do you imagine? I mean, it, to me personally, um, maybe I'm not the target group here, uh, obviously not, but um, to me, I, I cannot imagine buying a car in a virtual game, you know, like especially if it's going to cost almost as much. Um, so, so how do you see that happening, like the, the switch, or is it already happening today? It's already happening because when we have a BMW in a virtual space, it's also about performance. So people yeah. expect in the physical as well in the virtual world that the BMW is a performing car. Yeah. <laughs> so it's happening already. And I think it's it's that idea of gamification, what um, upcoming target group likes. It's yeah. maybe not me and you, yeah. but um, I think this is something we need to cover on top. It's an additional revenue stream, an yeah. additional topic we need to cover. Yeah, so is it, is it mostly like, um, I, on the one hand, you have brand awareness, so I guess the product placements in games you, you mentioned, if I understood you correctly. And also on the other hand, it's like this journey that you're building, like mm. purchasing a car, mm. uh, having virtual immersive experiences with this thing, and then uh, in many ways, like 
having like a physical car and a virtual one. So like, how do you divide that? Do, do you see the metaverse as also a place where you can do advertisement? Uh, to what extent you're prioritizing that? Or is it more or, li more or less this experience, this immer immersive experience that you want to offer? Mm. You know, in my opinion, the metaverse is the new internet. So yeah. it's the next step in evolution. We started from web one, we are now mm -hmm. into web three, maybe web four when we're counting AI into it. And, you know, I think it, it's something what we will need in future. It will never replace physical events or cars yeah. or the feeling you have when you are sitting with people together in a room. Yeah, yeah. But um, it will make life easier. It will help you to get in contact with people all over the world, like in person, like as an avatar. Yeah. So it's a great space to, to get in contact or to communicate or to have a combined experience. I think it's the combination what will make it interesting in the future. And um, when we're talking about a brand like BMW or a car, I think it's the mix. It's a lot of brand experience. Um, which is like a perfect space for it, where you can experience brand by having virtual events for doing, I told you before, virtual test drives, for getting a contact with some kind of brand experiences. But furthermore, it's, it's also yeah, a space where we maybe can sell a car in future, where you can do deep dives into the car, where you can do like kind of configuration, whatever you want. And the interesting thing in the metaverse is that in that space, you can wherever you want to be. So you can you build your own avatar, you can possess things which you maybe cannot have in your real life. So it's like a, a parallel world, a hybrid thing um, where you can do things um, what you cannot do in your real life. And I think this is something what it makes interesting. But anyway, in the end, now we have websites, we have apps, we have stuff like that. And in the future, I think these applications will be replaced by a Web3 application yeah. like the Metaverse. Yeah. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, in marketing, you often work with personas, right? Mm -hmm. So, and one thing that you mentioned is like you're working with Generation Z, uh, Z and Z, mm -hmm. and, Z. Uh, Z. and also <laughs> Generation Alpha. So what, what is particular about these target groups that you, like, could you build us a picture, like a persona, what, not, not only about BMW, in general, like what are they expecting mm. uh, from brands? Mm. Um, that's a good question because um, we uh, looked a lot into that yeah. upcoming target groups and um, some very interesting um, outcomes we had is that there are biggest passion point is gaming as well as lifestyle, um, video, doing photos, images, stuff like that, and fashion. And um, this is something what makes a metaverse experience quite interesting because mm -hmm. it's gamified, it's cool, it's about um, upload photos, being yourself, expressing yourself. Yeah. And the other thing is that these upcoming upcoming target groups are not so interested in brands. Mm. So you do need to find a clever way to bring them in contact with yeah. your brand in a very natural way and natural environment. That's also the thing why we have chosen the way of the metaverse because they are already in these digital environments and being part of their environment, very authentic is like the best way you can do it. And the final information on that target group is they are very, they want to 
to, to decide what they do. They also want to talk and bring in their opinion in what we are doing. So um, how to explain that better? If we are deciding about a new car, maybe about a new color uh, during a launch concept, it might be of interest to ask this audience which color could be of interest yeah. in the ideal world. Because they like it if they can decide together with us what could be the next big thing. Personalization is also big. Right. And we are also talking about hyper-personalization. Okay. So really meet their requirements of their idea of a surrounding of their life or whatever you want to name it. And the environment allows that. Sure. It's conducive uh, yeah. for this type of hyper-personalization. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the point where also AI will come into because AI will provide the opportunity of hyper personalization. Yeah. Very difficult word. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think um, this could be like a good com combination for future yeah. um, applications. And this is also something where the technology is running pretty fast because what we have right now will be like totally different in six months. So it's pretty great what developers um, are really doing around the world right now and yeah. um, in my opinion I want to live the next 200 years because I really want to see what will happen in technology and in the future because there's so much going on right now. Yeah I love listening <laughs> to that because it's something that I tell my friends often as well because it's like all these things I feel like we're living through the one of the biggest disruptions in human history in terms of AI, right? Oh, so, yes. Um, I mean, the, the, there were a series of disruptions, it's especially in the um, industry that we operate in tech, like in the last 50 years, there was like the uh, invention of PCs and, uh, you know, and then the, these became mainstream with like the, uh, the Windows and Mac made them mainstream uh, for the users around the 80s and the 90s, you have the internet, the web, uh, disruption and then 2007 you have the iPhone right so which put all this in your pocket it's yes. a, which kind of <laughs> disrupted everything and mm -hmm. now we have uh, with AI chat GPT and all that stuff and the democratization of this technology um, for the brighter uh, like the wider mass right mm -hmm. it's um for me it's that's why I also think like this is just the beginning of many, many disruptive things to happen. You, you mentioned, for example, uh, there will be uh, assistance that you talk to on the metaverse. And in many cases, I can even imagine, no one will know if it's a real person or, or an AI-based uh, avatar. Or, you know, either way, everyone has an avatar, right? Well, what do you think? I think we need to step that way slowly because yeah. we had that discussion about um, how long will we use an AI, an AI and when there will be a real person behind an avatar. Yeah. Because I think it's very important that the people know to whom they are talking to in the metaverse to that they are not scared about something weird, let's call it like this. And um, that's why we decided when there is an AI behind, it will be more like an emoji or stuff like that talking to you. Yeah. And when there is the point where a real person is needed, like if you're really buying a car maybe in future, yeah. it should be a really photorealistic avatar that you really feel talking to a person. What if there's a movement called robotism and they're for the rights of robots because they get discriminated? They get different emojis. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just very... Hopefully not. <laughs> it's, it's, you know... Uh, I often think about it because uh, there's this huge discussion. It, recently, I uh, heard a podcast uh, with um, 
the owner owner and founder of uh, DeepMind, um, mm -hmm. you know, like AI sentiment, AI sentiment is being discussed. Uh, it's a huge topic around um, how AI will even interact with us. We don't know, actually. It's like looking into the dark um, and hope that everything works out. But this is ex at least what we can perceive, like we will have this distinction so that people feel comfortable, especially we're humans, we like this human interaction, even if it's in a game, right? Yeah, that's important. It's fun because I recently saw that uh, movie uh, I Robot again, and it yeah, just reminds really. me of what I'm doing right now. It feels a bit. Is that the one where the robot is killing people? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I saw that many years ago. <laughs> because there are a lot of people really scared of AI and metaverse and stuff like that, and uh, they're always asking me, "Do we really need that?" Because just tell me, uh, the physical life is much more better. I don't want the people into that digital immersive thing. And I'm always telling it's all about the balance, but anyway, it will make life easier. And just remember the classic smartphone, like 15, 20 years ago, nobody of us had a smartphone. And today everybody has one, also my, 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 my grandma. And um, it will be pretty much the same with AI metaverse. Everybody will learn how to deal with it. So it's like a future application, a future technology, which will help us in our lives and there won't be any take over from a robot or stuff like that. So yeah. I think it's okay to go with it, but it's also important to learn how to deal with it. That's why we as BMW already working on that topic because we want to be upfront. We want to understand what we need to deliver in future exactly. and what will be the expectations from from the world, from the audience and from our that, customers. That's a, that's a good angle because as we speak, many of our listeners also don't fully understand what is the metaverse? Mm. Is it something that we had meta in the podcast and we, this is also something that we discussed. Could you maybe give us a definition? Like take a few steps back and just like, what is the metaverse? I have always a simple answer. Metaverse is the new internet. It's just the next step. So right now we have the internet of people. So you can use WhatsApp, you can chat, you can send over videos, pictures, whatever you want. You can do video calls. And in the future, it's the embodied internet where you can meet in person as an avatar and talk to each other with a lot of people in one room. So yeah. that's the slight different or the slight step forward. And um, this is a great opportunity for everybody of us because you can experience products, events, whatever you want all over the world in one, in one digital room. So this is a great opportunity um, for companies, for people, for everybody who's interested mm -hmm. in. So pretty easy answered. We didn't really discuss this in our prior talks, but like I'm also curious, how is this whole ecosystem of metaverse like? How is it? Is it sustainable? Is is it much more sustainable than you know? Sustainability is a huge thing. Like yeah. we are all uh, pressed by real facts, like real things that will happen if we don't get better. So, do you think in terms of sustainability, metaverse also offers great uh, potential? Potential, yes. It's still a way to go because, yeah. you know, a lot of servers are needed to deliver a good uh, metaverse um, to, to really have a good technical base. And I think this is something we need to work on and that big tech companies already are working on. This is not on my side to deliver that because this is real tech stuff. But, um, you know, there is the Metaverse Standards Forum and this is um, always a topping. How can we provide the needed sustainability? How can we provide the technology we need? And um, just to let you know, this is something to be solved in the future and a big topic, um, but still a way to go for sure. 
Yeah, right now there's a huge discussion happening around, um, especially in Germany, with the CEO of Telecom also recently talked about it and in an interview. It's like there's a huge discussion around uh, the sustainability of tech, you know, like uh, even Greta made some uh, remarks about it, you know, and mm -hmm. I feel like tech industry is under some pressure to really become much more transparent in terms of the and impact. deliver solutions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like um, it's simple to see when you're walking outside, if you see an, a car with a combustion engine, you see that it's actually physically producing CO2 emissions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, when you do a search uh, on Google, for example, you don't know the physical emission because you don't see, you know? The server capacity behind, yeah. yeah. You don't mm -hmm. see it directly. Mm -hmm. That's why I think, like, on the one hand, you, yeah, of course, uh, as auto producers, you're under a lot of pressure in terms of these emission uh, targets and everything, but tech is also under a lot of pressure. This is my sure. feeling. Sure, it is, it you is. Know. But um, the companies are already working on that. And, yeah. you know, when you compare the world before COVID and after, yeah. you know that the technology helped us not to travel too much anymore because it's not needed because of the technology of uh, video calls and yeah. stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of going on and in the end, hopefully there will be good um, solutions in terms of sustainability and different ways how to solve that problem. Um, Pia, also, talking to you is inspiring because you're, you're, I feel you're a couple of steps ahead of us, you know, like you're, you're, you're kind of living Maybe. in the future, producing <laughs> stuff in the future for the future. Um, but we, we also have quite a lot of listeners and viewers that are in the world as, as we speak, they have uh, real problems of today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they're also looking at ways that how can they sustain the business in the next few years? And like, they want to put it on a future proof track and, uh, I think you could maybe give us some concrete tips for smaller businesses. How to like we've talked about hyper personalization. We've talked about tapping into new journeys, but a smaller business that might not have your marketing budgets and your, your capacities and the resources. How can they start? And like, do you have maybe three, four concrete tips for them? Mm. I think. Um what is very important is to understand your target group. So what's your goal? Um, what mm -hmm. is uh, the thing your company wants to achieve? Yeah. And uh, everything you do should be customer related. So this is a very important point. When we're talking about topics like um, digitalization and metaverse and AI, it's pretty important to get used to it, understand what you're doing and understand how you can bring your product into that space. Yeah. You do not need to do big steps because I think it's on us as the big companies to to go into that space and make it more convenient for smaller companies in the future. But be ahead of your times. Don't be afraid. Get into that topic. Try to understand and see how you can do like little steps in that space. Um, and finally, yeah. Be on time, be, 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 how, how do I say it? Um, so it's always good to see what's going on in the world because um, technologies are going fast and um, trends are going fast. So always be, um, yeah, on time and see what's going on outside there and try to, yeah, take that approach to, to go the next step. Especially for AI, like when we're talking about AI, I think um, in comparison to three, four years ago, there are massive amounts of tools that are just available in, in a way, this whole thing, like uh, 
even for the smallest business, there's a whole world of possibilities that this unlocks, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, it, you work with AI, you, you have multiple um, you, applications for it, I believe. Um, do you think, like, what are some of the areas that AI can help smaller businesses? I think uh, there are a lot of tools available yeah. um, for free yeah. and um, just try to get to use to it. You can use it for um, text information, you can use it for image generation. So there are a lot of possibilities yeah. already on hand. Um, it always needs also a person behind because AI alone is not enough, um, but to use it like as an accelerator or to get new creative ideas or to just um, try something new, it's totally perfect yeah. and you can use it on the free market. Yeah, I have the feeling that right now we, we are at this stage that enhanced narrow AI can do multiple tasks better than a human, but it still needs some supervision. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to check the results. Like, you have uh, to, Because yeah. it's inferring what, what to, like, in, in certain cases, it, it's also not so accurate still. And know. that's the good thing, because yeah. people are sometimes afraid to lose their jobs because of an AI, an AI, but you always need the combination of the AI and the people behind. So that's the good thing. Also, an AI will easy up your life to be honest yeah. it will it make it much more easier so you can do new things different things maybe also quicker yeah. you, you just need to adjust your way of working together with an AI but the result will be the same maybe in a shorter time having studied you know history uh, in the past I, I'm super interested also how the industrial revolution just wiped everything like they just immensely disrupted a lot of things in in humankind, and uh, right now I feel we're going through a, some through something similar. And there, there's this legitimate fear that some people have that they might lose their jobs, but but then again, it's about like a transformation. I think many of us have to ask ourselves, okay, how am I going to transform in the next five years? Even within my teams, I, we often ask like, how do you? you leverage AI on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, how, how can we create these embedded experiences for our users so they, they save time, get more efficient, you know what I mean? And even like BMW today, um, a lot of the things that even the car does are powered by AI, you know, like just like sure. personalization. There's a lot of power by AI, what you do not know, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of things in the background, like the calculations and it's like machine sure. learning uh, technology being utilized. It just, the more I read about it, the more I was impressed because um, pretty much cars these days just drive by themselves, you know, and it's just a matter of time that it's completely, that we will have cars without a steering wheel which will freak everyone out, but it will be the path to go. In San Francisco, you know, I've, I've seen uh, many cars that, that just don't even have a driver. You sit in the back as a taxi, they have lots of cameras, and it's actually, doing, it. <laughs> it's, it's actually doing a good job, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's a matter of time that this becomes a, a ma massive uh, disruptor also. I mean, like, um, this also means the way we think of cars right now it's like, yeah, something you drive, right? Maybe not necessarily for the future. Something drive that drives you around and you do like, you focus on entertainment within the car. Is that something that you also observe? Also, one, one word, what you said, I think transformation is the magic word for yeah. everybody of us, uh, not losing jobs or stuff like that. It's the transformation yeah. at that stage um, in the world we have. And this is something which is also, yeah, 
have to take into consideration of everybody of us and yeah. in terms of the product yeah it's pretty important to bring all the topics we discussed into the product because um, a car could be also an entertaining space in future so we um, um, recently launched air console in the car which yeah. is quite fun um, gaming in the car and more to come to be honest and when we're talking about the metaverse and immersive experiences this is also something what needs to be in the car in future yeah. so there should be a combination between the immersive world and the product itself and um, even if we are talking about um, autonomous driving being in the car and having that total immersive surrounding where you can do everything you need or you want yeah. to have it like your personal me zone your relaxing comfort zone this is something which we need to deliver in future for sure yeah it's a, a lot of disruptions especially when you think of like how you interact with the product and in a way you can't see it as a silo right so what you you and your team uh, what you develop as a strategy has to translate to the product as well, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. if, if, you're, if you have these hyper-personalization in your product, and then you have to communicate it, or you have to make everyone out there also aware, especially when we're talking about marketing. Mm -hmm. um, so how do, you, how do you make sure that all these teams are aligned at, <laughs> at, at a, with a very, very big corporation? <laughs> That's pretty hard. <laughs> so we have a lot of different departments working on that topic and we are always trying to, uh, to be aligned. Yeah. Well, it's not always that easy because, you know, we have metaverse topics in the um, topic of engineering design, also VR topics, AR topics. We have it in the corporate um, uh, space as well as the customer related space. So I'm leading the customer related space. And we're always trying to bring things together and see where are the synergies and um, who needs to deliver what to bring it to like a perfect company result. Yeah. And to be honest, it affects the whole company. It's not only a marketing thing. It yeah. sometimes feels like it because you only see what you see as a customer, all these fancy um, virtual words we are delivering or that thing we did with Fortnite but there's a lot more behind. And even if we are talking about the cars in future, yeah. it needs to match for sure. It has to translate to the product because uh, especially with an iconic brand like BMW, I think top of the mind marketing is super important, right? So you, you wanna have like loyal customers that will talk about your product, that will be happy uh, in their experience. And that is the product that gives that unique experience there's like you can have a big funnel you can put all the people into the funnel and they will convert and get the product but if they're not happy if they are not uh, impressed you they know, won't buy it again yeah. it will affect this is why i think iphone is very successful apple is very successful because they they see the whole journey they don't just look at marketing they they see the whole journey all the way from uh, advertisement like usps of their product into support that you get from an apple genius when some things go wrong or like when when you return an older device and get some money back so that you can buy a new one like they, i feel like the, a lot of things are um, intertwined mm -hmm. to give the customer a good experience you yeah, know what i mean that's a, a seamless customer experience and that's I feel like point. this is this is a huge challenge, also, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. You know, like um, how do you have, especially for bigger companies, how do you involve all the stakeholders, keep them on board? Maybe there might be differences of opinions, also. Sure. You know, how, how people <laughs> see the future. I mean, you're you're uh, you're you're seeing into the future. You have ideas that many people might not even be able to relate to, right? Mm -hmm.
Yeah, yeah, that's right. But um, you you have um, to to teach them how to how how it works, yeah. what it can do for them, um, and really meet their requirements and maybe understand their needs and deliver something. Yeah. That's that's the way we have to do it. I think that's a very nice to wrap things up. Uh, we we. <laughs> I've, I've truly enjoyed this conversation with you, Pia. We managed to touch upon quite a lot of stuff. Uh, first of all, it was great to hear your personal story, how things started and how you found your angle at BMW as a leader. And then we touched upon the current customer journeys, how things look like right now and how things will look like in 15 years. These experiences with um, the virtual experiences, immersive experiences, how uh, the physical world will be kind of connected with the virtual world. And um, it's super exciting to see how BMW is proceeding and um, there are concrete examples that you mentioned. Um, yeah, we will follow your journey for sure. And uh, many thanks for your insights and we hope to remain in touch. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the e-commerce Germany news podcast. If you did, make sure to give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, and follow us on our channels. Feel free to also recommend this podcast to your contacts and friends that may want to know more about e-commerce, digital marketing, and success stories. Thank you very much for listening and watching, and see you on the next episode.